There was a missionary to China back in the 1900s. Name was E. Stanley Jones. E. Stanley Jones was a wonderful writer. And one time he was writing uh, one of his books, and he was in a house that he had borrowed. And he was just writing away and praying, writing away. And he looked up, and he could see into a room next to him the image of himself through a mirror. He put his pencil down and began talking to the image that he saw. You see, when you get our age, you have the liberty to talk to yourself, okay? <laughs> and you have the liberty to answer yourself. So he began, now if you're young, you don't have that. You'll, they'll put you in a straitjacket and send you away. But, but he is, he looked across, put his pen down, and he asked the image across the room. He said, tell me, Stanley Jones, are you a happy man? Then he began to answer himself. He said, oh, pray tell, pray tell. I am so happy. Well then, Mr. Jones, may I ask you, why are you so happy? And he said, oh, I was out walking one day and I tripped over something, and I looked down, and it was a chest filled with treasure. And as I opened the chest and saw all the treasure, and I saw the treasure was the kingdom of God. And I have been happy ever since. They say that E. Stanley Jones was one of the most happiest, joyous men that had ever walked because he made a great discovery that many do not discover, and that is about the very kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven itself. When Jesus came, uh, John the Baptist himself said, you know, prepare the way for the kingdom. You know, you repent, the kingdom is at hand. And then Jesus came and he preached and he taught, as I shared with you our last time, he preached the very kingdom of God. Read the whole book of Matthew, and you'll find over and over and over and over the, the teaching of the very kingdom of God. Because he said this, if you can trip over the kingdom and find the treasure of the kingdom, you will know the joy that you're really missing. The people of that day were living pretty much pressed down because of the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everyone else they couldn't see. And so they were just all burdened down. They couldn't see the very glory of God. 400 years without a, without a word from heaven, beaten down himself, and Jesus said, listen, I have a treasure to give to you. I have something that you need to see that can bring back a sense of joy and happiness in their life. And he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, I am the kingdom. I'm the entrance way into the kingdom unto my Father. The kingdom of God. Last time I shared with you, we, we talked about Jesus and what he preached. He preached the very kingdom of God, the vastness of the very kingdom of God. And this morning, I want to just kind of piggyback on that a little bit and, and share with you today about Jesus not only preaching the kingdom, but Jesus taught how to pray the kingdom how to pray the very kingdom of God. And you need to grab this. There's never been a great movement of God outside of praying kingdom prayer. There's never been a move of God. It doesn't come by preaching. It doesn't come by programs. It comes through the prayer. But praying the way that the Lord Jesus taught us how to pray is the way that it, it is done through a brokenness. And a key word that I'll give you in just a moment 
but it all comes through the avenue and the area of how to pray, how to pray. Do you know how to pray? You say, well, I wish somebody would teach me how to pray. You know how to learn to pray? You begin praying. The Holy Spirit teaches you how to pray. And He takes you into the very depth of all, well, what if I mess up? You can't mess up with Him. You follow the Word of God and allow the Spirit of God to teach you, and He will teach you to pray as Jesus so modeled the Word and the way of prayer it itself. So I want us to look at, at a passage this morning over in Matthew chapter 6. You, you, know, you know the passage. You find the same thing over in the book of Luke in the 11th chapter and uh, concerning the very prayer of, of the Lord Jesus and his call, what we would call very much of the, the Lord's Prayer, found in that 6th chapter of the book of Matthew. And it says this, it says, In this manner, there in verse 9, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours, for yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Whenever Jesus taught this, He was teaching something about kingdom, very much the kingdom prayer. And, and that prayer is also found there in the book of, of, of Luke where the disciples saw Jesus praying. And whenever Jesus prayed, something always happened. And they went to Him and said, Listen, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray like you pray? Because whenever you pray, something's always happening. Let us learn this way. The Pharisees, when they pray, nothing happens. But whenever you pray, something happens. We want to know how you pray. And so there in Luke chapter 11 is described in that way. But, but yet Jesus is just teaching how to pray the kingdom prayers. And I don't think it's just these two times that he taught them this. I think he taught them this many, many times over and over and over and over again. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How holy is your name. There are two statements I need to share with you concerning kingdom praying, though how to pray the way that Jesus prayed. Two very important statements. One is this, kingdom praying is only for kingdom people. You know, a person without Christ can't pray this because they miss out on something at the very beginning. What is that? Our Father. Remember, there are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness, there's a kingdom of light, kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of God. There's the only two. The only two. The one who's controlling that kingdom is the one that you bow down to. That's the one who who brings you everything you need. And so Jesus says there, basically by, the, by this the kingdom statement, He says kingdom praying is only for kingdom people, those who have been born again. Those who have been born again. I have a time whenever you, we do uh, Lord's Prayer, and I know, I know why we do it, but yet it just kind of stays in my head a little bit. And, and they do it for large groups, and you know, whenever there's some tragedy, there's always people are gathering, and they always often pray the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sitting there thinking, how many of these can really pray this? How many of these can really pray this? It's only for those who've been born again. Our Father. Our Father. Here's the second thing. Kingdom praying allows, allows kingdom people to live by kingdom power. And you'll understand that as we look at it for a moment. And so Jesus used this wonderful prayer to this model prayer. Uh, as a teaching tool, as a teaching tool, and as I want to use it today as a teaching tool, 
about how to pray, how to pray the way that Jesus taught them how to pray. So I want us to look at a couple of things in this passage this morning, and I pray there'll be a fresh view of the Lord's Prayer in, in your life, that you'll look at it a little different every time, every time that it will take you into a deeper level of kingdom praying and praying as Jesus prayed. Here's the first thing that, that we begin to learn from this passage, and it's found there in verse 9, that there's a recognition of the person of prayer. There's a, there is a recognition of the person of prayer, who you're praying to. And he starts there in the very beginning. He says, our Father, that's who it is, our Father. You see, when you start, you always start with the Father. You, you always start with the Father. You're talking directly to Him. You don't have to go to anywhere else to, 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 to get to Him. The door is always open through Christ, and you speak directly, directly unto Him. Reading over in John chapter 16, sometime back in, in, in verse 26, Jesus made a statement in this passage. He says, in that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. In other words, he said, don't bring it to me. Because he goes on and says, for the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I've come forth from God. And Jesus says, listen, I'm preparing the way through me that you can come to the Father in heaven. I am the way, the truth, and life. No one does what? comes to the Father except through me. He says, I've opened the door, opened the pathway that you can come and spend time with your Father. And your Father is there, and you're to pray straight to your Father, our Father. Kingdom praying comes out of that. It comes out of this, our Father. What does that mean? Listen, it means to have an intimate relationship with God. The deeper the relationship, the deeper a prayer. The deeper the relationship, the deeper prayer. As you grow in your relationship with, with God and you get deeper in your relationship with Him, the deeper you get in that walking with God, I promise you, the deeper your prayer life will be. Your prayer life will begin to change. Why? Because your life in Him is changing. If you're praying the same way that you prayed five years ago, then something's wrong. If you're praying the same way today as you did last year, something is wrong. The deeper the time with God, the deeper the place of prayer is in your heart and life, and everything changes. Everything changes. I think it's Tony one day, we, we had lunch, and uh, he was asking me about my prayer life, and I said, well, it changes often. Some days I don't say a word. I don't need to say anything. I just need to sit. And I need to listen. Because he knows my heart and he just wants me to be very still before him. And to know that he knows everything that is in me. And he wants me to just spend some time listening to him. And there's sometimes he said, tell me everything that you're going through. And then you just tell him everything you're going through. It varies as you go through life. But it all comes about through an intimate relationship with him. A deeper and deeper and deeper walk with him. If you want to learn to pray, get to know him. And I think Paul stated that. He says, my main goal in life is to know him, to know him, and to know him. Because the more I know him, the greater the prayer. The greater the prayer. It's not about reading 10, 20 books on prayer. You can do that, and I have. I have. But it's getting to know Him. Not knowing a lot about Him, but knowing Him. Knowing Him is spending that time with Him. He says, our Father, who art? He says, where are you, Father? He says, you're in heaven. This is where He is. He's in heaven ruling. 
Heaven shows the overall authority over everything else. It covers the earth. Have you realized that, that heaven, heaven is greater than the earth? The earth has limitations. Heaven has none. Heaven has none. So what does that say? If I'm talking to my Father who is in heaven, I'm talking to the one, speaking to the one who heaven, who has no limitation because heaven has no limitations at all. I don't know about you, but man, I can think about that three or four days and I won't have a mind. It'll blow my mind away. He, he is so much bigger, but where he is is so much larger. His kingdom is much greater than the kingdom that is upon this earth of darkness. His kingdom is so much greater than the kingdom that is here in the area of darkness. But notice something else in there. He says in here, he says, how holy, he says, how holy is your name. How holy is your name. Your kingdom come. How holy be your name. How holy. That's a holy name, set apart name. His name is above all other names. His name is different than all other names. No one matches his name. The power that's in his name. Nobody, 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 the name. How holy is the name of God. How holy is the name of your Father, your Father in heaven. And he's saying this. He's saying, how holy is your name, O God, the power of it. But then he talks on, and we could spend hours upon this, where he says, now your kingdom come. His kingdom. He has a kingdom. He's the king of his kingdom, talking about the power of his kingdom, the power to take over, the power to conquer everything. And the thing is, is that you and I, being the children of God, being kingdom people, we have access to all the power of the kingdom. And it's a royal power where nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Why? It has no limitations. So you think about something that seems so impossible to you, but you take it and see where it is before God, who our Father is, who is in heaven, and He has an incredible kingdom that has no limitations whatsoever. That means that I am, as I'm walking on earth, listen, as a child of God, there is no limitation. There is none. You say, wow, what am I going to do? Well, there are no limitations for you. And the more you walk with God, the more you begin to see it. The more you walk with God, the more you know Him, the more you see that He is unlimited in everything. So therefore, your prayer life does what? Your prayer life begins to expand. You're taking God out of the little box in which you have formed Him into based upon your own knowledge and understanding, and He has increased that beyond your own understanding, and He is moving more and more and more that kingdom, that kingdom where there's no obstacle that can ever stand against the kingdom power. Have you realized yet? Like Stanley D. Stanley Jones realized, when he tripped over that treasure chest of the kingdom, he said everything opened up to him. And listen, especially young people, listen very carefully. Don't ever limit God. Don't ever put a limitation on God. There are no limits. You have access to all that God has through His Son. The kingdom is all of yours. Our Father who art in heaven, how holy is your name. And it's all about, all about your, your kingdom. All about your kingdom. Well, we know that that's the person of prayer and recognizing that we're talking to our Father in heaven. 
We're talking to Elba, to the one who created everything in the universe. Not talking to the air. I'm talking to the creator of all things. The same thing that Adam did. Can you get that in your mind? I can't. Because God is so big. But I get to spend time with the creator God who hasn't gone on a vacation, who has not set a limit except what we have set upon him. We have access to all of that. Now, here's the second thing. Well, okay, if I have all of that, and Jesus is sharing this, I have all the access to all the kingdom of God, and it's all there for me. There's no limitations. Nothing is impossible with God. I can walk and have all of the power of heaven upon me that where, where I can, can move upon anything, and every step I take can be conquered ground because of the power of God that is moving in and through my life. Well, what is the major key in this? And Jesus shares the major key in that in verse 10. He says, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. When this is done, several things happen. Your will be done. And here it is. Your will be done means this. Now that I'm submitting to the person of prayer. Okay, you find you recognize who he is, and that's good. That's great. You know a lot about him. You spend time with him. But are you submitting to him? That's the key. Do you know what the thing, the key thing with Jesus? That he submitted to his father. He just submitted to his father. He bowed down to his father. And there's a couple of things that, that come out whenever I'm submitting, submitting. Now, today, listen, and, and man himself, man does not want to submit to an authority. He doesn't want to submit to authority. It's hard sometimes as you as students there you have professors uh, that are over you knowing how to submit to those who are trying to teach you. you have, if you're going to learn anything, you have to submit to them. So they can learn, they can teach you. They can't teach you if you're in rebellion in your mind against them and say, no, I'm going to do this even though you're telling me I need to do this. It's a key called submission. Learning comes through submission. Understanding comes through submission. And so, so whenever I am submitting unto the Lord who has authority over my life, there's a couple of things that takes place. The first thing is this, that I'm able to pray and know the very will of God. Submitting allows me to know the will of God. Submitting, you say, well, I want to know the will of God. Well, you've got to submit to the Lord first. You've got to submit to the Lord first. That's what he says over in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And basically what he's saying, he said, my desire is your desire, and your desire is my desire. I want what you want, Lord. That's all I want. That's all that I ever want in my life is just what you want. I want to know the very will of God. The very will of God. You know, you have the will of God. You say, well, I want to know the will of God. Well, there, there are two things about the will of God. One is there's a revealed will of God you already have. It's called the Bible. You know, this is already the revealed will of God. You already have it. You say, I, I want to know what God has for me later on. Well, you need to begin doing what God's already told you to do. It's here. Now, the question is, are you doing what God has already told you to do? See, there's a revealed will of God. And there is a to-be-revealed will of God. That is something that is coming. Thy will be done. It's coming down here. 
It has already been placed in, in motion in the Lord, in His mind. The picture and the plan has already been set aside over here. But yet for you to know what that plan is, is that, is that it will come, but it takes you first coming back to the first thing, am I obeying what I already know before I can ever be trusted with what I don't know? Does that make any sense? Obeying the will of God. Now here's the question I want to ask you. Are you obeying the will of God that you know? Are you dealing with forgiveness as you already know? Are you loving others as you already know? Are you a good steward as you already know? Are you sharing the gospel as you already know? Are you spending time with the Lord as you already know? It's in here. It's in here. The will of God. The will of God revealed and enables you to know the unrevealed or the to-be-revealed will of God that will come to you. But some of you don't know, well, I don't know what I'm going to be doing with my life one day. Well, that will come. But right now, don't spend all your time thinking about that. Find out what God has you to know right now and to do it right now. But it's more than just doing the will of God. One of my favorite um, writers of the past is a guy by the name of Watchman Nee. Fascinating. China. There he's back in China again. And he was under the day of great persecution and and all, but he had a, a mentor, a teacher that taught him so much, and, and it wasn't an outstanding preacher per se. It was a very simple lady who was a, I think was a nurse that left that and became just a missionary, just a very simple person. No one really knows a lot about her. Nothing's really been written about her. Her name was Margaret Barber. Margaret Barber. Margaret Barber had a way with Watchman Nee to just teach him because she walked with God so deeply. Oh, so, so deeply. One day, one day, they were, they were discussing something and she had a way of just getting down to where his heart was. He was a very type A personality, very strong, very brilliant mind. And he thought he was right in everything. And a lot of times he was. But Margaret Barber had a way of taking that and crushing him a little bit. You know, crushing him a little bit. She asked him the statement one day, because he, he wanted to obey the will of God, and she said, she said this to him. She said, listen, let me ask you a question. Do you love God's will? Do you love God's will? And he said that she did not ask me if I obeyed his will. She wanted to know, do you love it? Do you love God's will? Because you'll love God's will out of your love for the one who shares it with you. The more you know him, the more you will love to do his will. That's when Jesus said, I, I come to do my father's will. Why? I know my father. And I love my father so much that I will love whatever he tells me to do. I love his will. I love his will. Let me ask you, do you love God's will? Do you love it? Where you can pray, oh, Father, thou art in heaven, how holy is your name, your kingdom come, oh, your will, your will. I love your will, and I want to do your will. I love it. I love your will. You say, sometimes I don't quite understand the, the very will of God. Well, there's a key to that. You see, the secret of understanding the will of God is it is really about 95% of the issue. Um, the key to understanding the will of God 
is, um, is really 95% of submitting to the very will of God, while the other 5% deals with the understanding. You might not understand all of the will of God, but am I willing to submit to him before I ever understand it? How are you doing with that? Are you waiting to understand his will before you ever submit to him? You'll never understand it until you submit. Because why? You're fighting against him. You're fighting him. You don't fight him. You receive it. Do you love the will of God? Do you love the will of God in and for your, your life? You see... Whenever I'm able to pray and I know the will of God and now I'm submitting to the very will of God and I want to do that, then Jesus says in the latter part of that, of the, of that prayer that he gives, he says things are going to be met. A lot of things are going to be met. He says that over in Matthew 6, doesn't he? When he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And there's a whole listing of a lot of things that are added unto you. Where the same thing is being shared right here, where he says that your kingdom come and it's your will that's going to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he goes on to say, give us this day our daily bread. And so now you begin to see that three things are met once you do the beginning part. He said, you begin to see your daily needs met, your daily bread. You begin to see daily relationships are met because you're forgiving others. Now you're seeing your daily walk just change day in and day out because do not lead us into temptation. You're seeing victory walking in your life. And the key factor is knowing whom you're praying to and submitting to that one. That's the whole thing. That's the key to it. Know who you're praying to, the Father in heaven, the creator of everything, who has an incredible kingdom that is yours, that is yours, all power is yours through him. And then also to the very point of knowing that I am now to submit to him, then all these other things come into my life. But that's the principle of it all. And here's the hard part. That principle is to be practiced. Practiced. It's more than just saying, well, I know he's there, and I know that I'm submit, submitting unto him, but I've got to practice that. I've got to practice that. I've got to put it into, into life it, itself, into life itself. And Jesus had to do that. Jesus had to model that, how to put that principle into practice, because he did say, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. I want your will, and I want it done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. In other words, I want you, Father, to have the same freedom on earth as you do in heaven. You think God has any freedom in heaven? You think anybody, anyone in heaven is fighting against the will of God in heaven? If you believe that, please stand up and explain it. No. Read Revelations 4 and 5. There's no resistance in heaven. So therefore, Jesus says, if there's no resistance in heaven, on earth should be what? No resistance in my life. If you want to walk like heaven walks, and that's what he says is to do, no resistance to the will of God. Your word ought to be, thy will be done, thy will be done, 
Thy will be done. Your will, that's all. I love your will, O Father. I love your will. But Jesus had to practice that. Where did he practice it? Well, all throughout his life. But there was one very important place, and it's found over basically through the Bible, the Gospels, but basically over in Mark chapter 14. There in verse 32 through 41, he's about to go to the cross, and he goes to a, uh, a place called Gethsemane. Goes to the place called Gethsemane. And really right there is the place where what he believed was going to be revealed, the truth. Gethsemane, that word basically means an olive press. An olive press where they, they put bags of olives, um, they put those bags under a log and they pressed down and squeezed the oil from all the olives there. And so Gethsemane is that where Jesus entered into it. He entered into it three times, came into it three times in order for what? That he would be pressed. Pressed, pressed. To see whether or not what he prayed, thy will be done, if he really meant it. Great illustration to us. Did he really mean it? Did he really mean it? And every time he went back, there was agony upon agony and agony. Three times. And every time there was, this, there was the, the mashing. Every time there was the squeezing. There was the squeezing. Now, he had no flesh to squeeze out. But it was that will of God that you and I, is an incredible example of, of how you and I may desire the will of God, want to do the will of God. And we say that, and God says, okay, let's see if you really mean that. And he said, I'm going to put you in an olive press. And see if you really mean and really love the will of God. Do you mean it? It's easy when we're in groups like this. It's easy when you're in a prayer group. It's easy when you're in a worship time. But whenever you get out there in life and it hits you, and God himself, we may say, well, Satan's putting this in me. No, no, God can put you into the olive press. The Lord Father in heaven put his son into the olive press. And he said, let's show the world what it really means, thy will be done. Some of you today may be in that olive press. Man, you've got squeezing you. And he's pushing down on you because you prayed, oh, Lord, here's my life. Whatever you want to do with my life, just do it. I am here to follow you, oh, Lord. But here comes the, here comes the olive press. And, man, it is squeezing you and it is pressing you. And it hurts, doesn't it? And you're questioning, oh, can I handle this? Can I handle this? And it's almost like the blood coming out of you as it did Jesus. Do you really mean that will be done? Do you really love the will of God and submitting to the will of God? Hmm. That's what Jesus said that had to be done. And he did it over and over and over and over and over again. That lady, Margaret Barber, the, she's one of my favorite all-time ladies of the past. And uh, Watchman E heard her pray one day. And um, let me just kind of read to you what Nee said. He said, one time Sister Barber was disputing with the Lord concerning a certain matter. And she knew what the Lord wanted and in her heart, she truly wanted the same thing, but it was too difficult for her. Nee said, he heard her pray this, Lord, I admit that I am not willing to learn this lesson. I admit that I am not willing to learn this lesson, but please 
Do not surrender to me, Lord. Please wait. I will surrender to you. Why? The press. She did not want the Lord to surrender to her and lessen his demands on her. She had, not, she had not wanted anything other than to please the Lord. But she said, Lord, Lord, right now, please, don't surrender to my will. I will surrender to yours. It's coming. It's coming. It's that press that is there. It's that press. God just doing it. Kingdom praying. Knowing who you pray to. Knowing that you, the key is under submission. You submit unto the Lord. And all in your heart, you're just submitting unto him. Unto him. Unto him. Where you're praying, our Father, it's just you, nothing more, nothing less in my life. I love the... Uh, the words that Richard Baxter, his old English Puritan, his last words before he died was this, Lord, what thy wilt, where thy wilt, and when thy wilt. That's all I want. The will of God. That kind of praying was the prayer that Jesus prayed. That's how you pray. That's how, when he prayed, something happened. A life totally submitted to the kingdom. Knowing the kingdom's power, knowing the kingdom's way, knowing his place under the king, and saying, all I want is your will. Why? Because I love your will, Father. Because I love you. Now, what are you struggling with about the will of God today? If you're not struggling with something today, not tomorrow you will. This Bible is going to go against your flesh. You're going to struggle with it. You're going to struggle with that relationship. You're going to struggle with other things. Trust Him. Submit to Him. Lord, it's not me, it's you. No longer I. And Paul put it that way. It's not I, but it's Christ. That's all. All I want, all I'll ever, ever, ever want. Because I love you and I love your will. Will you bow with me for a moment? I don't know what you're struggling with, but somewhere along the line you're struggling with the will of God. Because he doesn't share a will, his will that matches your understanding. He will share his will that goes far beyond your understanding. And he's waiting for you to just submit to him. And he'll wait for you. He'll wait for you. You just submit to him. And the Holy Spirit inside of you will move deeply into your heart. Today you, you might have known God's will in something and became so hard that you, that you wanted to bail out. But do you really love the will of God? Really, the question is, do you really love him? all that he's ever done, will to do, and desires to do for you. Don't bail out on him because he didn't bail out on you. His will. Submit to it. Submit to him. 
and then walk in his power. The kingdom power is yours. Father, may we live in that. May we walk in that. May we desire that. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, that we do not put any resistance up. But Lord, tear down our walls that brings forth resistance. May we let them be torn down. That our will is yours, your desire is ours. And you'll make your desires ours totally. And we bless you. In Christ I pray. Amen.